If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your private health insurance plan, you can keep your plan, period. If you are among the hundreds of millions of Americans who already have health insurance through your job, or Medicare, or Medicaid, or the VA, nothing in this plan will require you or your employer to change the coverage of the doctor you have. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. This is America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com, and the News Talk 1290 mobile app. America's Healthcare Challenge is produced and sponsored by E.D. Bellis. Now, here's your host, Sean McGuire. And welcome, my friends, to America's Healthcare Challenge. Just another day in paradise as we are here reporting the news and all the changes in healthcare and insurance that are having an effect on you. And especially now that, uh, what do we call him, Daddy is in in office. Uh, uh, Matt Barrows coming up with uh, the nickname Daddy for the new president, slapping people's hands and everybody getting a little upset uh, about that, uh, all of these uh, changes that have happened in the past two weeks. And I don't know if we've ever had an administration in history that has uh, done more in in the first week. Maybe there has been, actually, but I I don't know that uh, the media had really uh, covered it as much, and so we're going to take some time to uh, assess all of the changes that have happened as a result of uh, the new administration. We've got uh, a congressional retreat that happened two weeks ago. I took the time this week to listen to uh, the whole uh, tape. It was uh, somebody snuck in as a spouse of a member of Congress and recorded the whole uh, congressional Republican retreat, and they did a whole session on the future of health care. And we're going to spend some time talking about that here next segment because there are some things that we can glean from those conversations about the future of where things are going. We're also going to be taking a look at uh, the, the latest news with uh, the travel ban uh, that, that is going on. Uh, lately, there is a, a federal judge uh, halting uh, that travel ban, but we're going to take a look at how that affects uh, health care and medicine. I think it's uh, something that's really important, and I think we should take a moment to consider all of those things and uh, and talk about uh, the challenges that we're facing. That's why the show is called America's Healthcare Challenge. And we're also going to have Grant Culp joining us in segment four to talk about some of the options legislatively that we have moving forward. Sean McGuire here, Alan Hager, uh, also riding shotgun. Alan, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for great. having me on again. Nice uh, sweatshirt. <laughs> Yeah, U.S. House of Representatives. Did you get that at the gift shop there? Yeah. That's cool. Way back in the day when I worked there. (laughs) Yeah, I have uh, some Senate memorabilia, too. I think, uh, well, I have, like, the the cocktail glasses, I think, uh, from the U.S. You know, the Senate. Oh, yeah, and we have the cookbook at home, too. Oh, you do? Oh, and I'll tell you what, in the cookbook, amazing recipes. Oh, really? But they're full fat, so. Oh, really? Well, (laughs) kind of like uh, Washington and our federal government, full of fat, and a lot of things been cooking (laughs) inside the Beltway this week. Alan, uh, we're going to talk next segment about um, are Republicans paralyzed by the lack of ACA replacement? I think uh, these uh, secret tapes really revealed uh, the truth, I guess, about where things are. We're going to take a moment to to break down and, and uh, share some of the top quotes and, and things that we learned from that. But, man, again, uh, lots going on in healthcare, Alan, as I'm yeah. sure you've seen. Uh, what are some of the headlines that caught your attention this week? So uh, one of the first ones that I saw, it was in uh, the Wharton University of Pennsylvania uh, magazine, and it was released on February 3rd, and it was Why Healthcare is So Ripe for Digital uh, Disruption. Uh, so what this talks about is just how much technology is out there and what, uh, how just ripe healthcare is for digital disruption in the sense when you go out, you don't necessarily know what something costs. And there are websites and other people who have been over the years trying to put all of the pieces together. And so, uh, there are. Uh, three new business models that are are being looked at, and the first is obviously digital platforms solve healthcare problems. So telemedicine, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one was, uh, you know, regulatory restrictions. So an estimated 1.1 trillion of the 3.3 trillion that the U.S. spends annually on healthcare is wasted. This presents an opportunity for disruption by technical startups like Vivio Health mm-hmm. that we've had on our show and wellness innovations and all kinds of other startup companies that are trying to find solutions uh, like Jeannie Pender's group uh, with uh, 
trying to come up with what the costs are all across the country for different uh, services that you might face. And the third one uh, was, uh, let me, uh, do, do, do. Uh, you know, preventative care and different things that you can do technologically, you know, whether it's your wristbands, uh, Apple Watch, Mm-hmm. Fitbits and whatnot. And so that was one article that I saw. And then there was something about macro. We've talked about macro extensively on this show. And, you know, macro and Trump healthcare changes were deliberated at HIMS. And if you're not familiar with HIMS, it's the Health Information and Management System Society. It's a big organization uh, that uh, a lot of your health informatics people go to. And uh, this is the largest show. And they were talking about cybersecurity and they were talking about just what's going on with macro and whatnot with uh, maybe the Trump health care plan. Sure. And that kind of leads into the last one. Uh, the GOP needs an alternative to Obamacare, and Rand Paul's plan is a great place to start. You think it's a good plan? That is what, uh, in National Review, Michael Tanner uh, wrote extensively about this and went very much uh, in-depth on it. And one of the comments that really stuck out with me said, Paul's proposal draws liberally from the best ideas in other plans while avoiding many of the pitfalls that make those plans unworkable. He would, for example, dramatically expand HSAs. Uh, It would allow much larger tax-free contributions to these accounts. Well, that would mean you, not your boss, would be able to choose your insurance plan. And expanded HSAs would mean increased portability for health insurance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Republican... Congress, the House of Representatives had their retreat, and you know what? It's kind of a mess because now we hear all of this stuff coming out about all of that. You know, and I also found, you know, this kind of talks about what you're talking about with the immigration ban. U.S. healthcare relies very heavy on foreign workers. Sure. And we're going to break that down in a whole segment about that because that's one of the top stories of the week that caught my attention. Yeah. And this one I found was in Stat Magazine, Stat News, and it's a a great resource if you're ever interested, statnews.com. It's not fake news. It's real news. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, you know, those are what I've seen out there. uh, in the regards to healthcare, you know, one other thing I saw is healthcare produces another 18,300 jobs in the face of the ACA repeal. Oh, okay. And that was in modernhealthcare.com. And that, you know, it's up 374,000 jobs from a year ago and 58,500 from November when Donald Trump won the presidency. Mm-hmm. So, you know, healthcare has created almost 60,000 jobs since November. Right, right. Another thing that caught my attention was uh, signups for open enrollment ending uh, this week. And uh, the administration did give uh, some people a little bit of extra time to sign up. But uh, they took some heat because they, the, the ACA has money built into it to, for advertising. And uh, the administration essentially canceled some of those yes. ads before reversing course and, um, I guess, letting, letting them move forward but the problem is that this last year and i don't know if it's because of confusion over repeal or all of those things but uh kind of some disappointing numbers in how many people actually uh, signed up on healthcare.gov they usually finish pretty strong in the last year or in the last month of open enrollment didn't quite happen that much it was year, pretty it? flat from what I've yeah seen, i think it was yeah. down 400 uh, let's see 400 signups dropped four hundred thousand dollars from last year in the final stretch according to modern healthcare. They don't have the data from the ones that had state-based exchanges, but um, it ended on ni- uh, the 31st uh, with 9.2 million people selecting plans, which is down 400,000 from where open enrollment ended last year for the federal marketplace. And uh, they're blaming the uh, confusion over the future of the law, as well as cancellation of these last-minute advertisements, uh, reminding people to sign up as one of those reasons. I, I think they fail to actually uh, put in the the real reason, which is uh, a lot of people are priced out uh, from right. these plans. Nobody wants to talk about the fact that these plans are expensive and have high deductibles. But uh, No, and I would totally agree with that, that you know, one of the real reasons those people left wasn't because they didn't see ads. I mean, give me a break. I mean, I don't need to see an ad. Their ads were terrible. Yeah. It was Pajama Man yeah. last and, time. And Drink so, a latte and sign up for well, coverage. Well, it kind of reminds me of Dave. Remember in the movie Dave when they had the discussion about, oh, the guy bought an automobile and they were going to have an ad to make him feel good about his automobile purchase? 
I don't need an ad to tell me to buy health insurance. I already have health insurance. I know that I have to renew it every year. I don't need an ad to tell me that I have to go buy it. Right. It's ridiculous. But, of course, penalty season still in play. There hasn't been any changes to any of the penalties. So as folks are doing their taxes, counting on that tax return, could be surprised if some of it's gobbled up by a, by a lack of insurance. And I think that, that'll probably really bring some meltdowns here in the next couple of months. Yep. And so... Those are some of the the things that really caught our attention this week. But when we come back, we're going to take a look a little bit more in depth at really what happened at that retreat. And it was um, quite interesting. You don't really know who who the people are talking, but uh, they did a good job of uh, the the coverage out there kind of identified the voices and all staffers confirmed that, yes, indeed, that was the uh, that member talking. And we will. Share some quotes with you and then take a look at really what the future is for the Affordable Care Act uh, from the Republican perspective. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge. Go ahead and like our Facebook page if you want to get into our content distribution. And uh, you can see these segments and some of our commentary and get into our insider circle if you want uh, for the latest updates on what is happening inside the Washington Beltway. We'll be right back. Are you feeling overwhelmed, depressed, or angry? Is your child or teenager acting out? Healing Tree Counseling wants to help. Located at 10th and Dodge, Healing Tree offers individual, family, and couples therapy. Bill and Laura are exceptional at working with children and adolescents. Ask around. They have a great reputation. Healing Tree accepts most insurance companies. They offer flexible payment plans and are confidential. Their personalized service and unique office sets them apart from larger agencies. Visit HealingTreeOmaha.com for more information. You worked hard, scraped and saved for years, and thought you had everything figured out for retirement. Now you're looking at higher premiums, health care costs, and uncertainty with your doctor. Let E.D. Bellis help you solve this problem and find the right program for you. Go to edbellisinc.com and request a free consultation. At E.D. Bellis, we know health care. Are you about to turn 65 or currently on Medicare? The health care system can be a complex and frustrating maze, but it doesn't have to be. Holly and HKG Medicare Solutions are here to help. Need help planning for health care expenses in retirement? or choosing the right plan, her advice is absolutely free and specific to you. HKG Medicare Solutions is contracted and authorized to consult on Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement plans. To schedule a consultation, give Holly a call. 402-502-5286. 402-502-5286. Take control of your company's health care costs with self-funded plan administrators. If you're feeling the pain of Obamacare, we have innovative solutions for your organization. Click self-funded.com to learn more and sign up for our exclusive white paper to take control of your company's health care costs. You've seen the movie Father of the Bride. When it comes to weddings, there's enough to worry about. Consider the Omaha Press Club as the venue for your baby's big day. With memberships as low as $15 per month, rentals are free for members. And we have an executive chef who will design the perfect menu for you. Click omahapressclub.com and our event coordinator and wedding planner will contact you for a zero-obligation consultation. That's omahapressclub.com the omaha press club where you belong caring for people services is a company who's compassionate about helping others Um, we really want to make sure that everybody has a fulfilling life no matter what stage of their life they're in we have a really dedicated staff of caregivers they go into people's homes and they provide all kinds of services, as basic as companionship, somebody who just needs a little bit of extra love and care. So they go into the homes and just depending on what that client needs, they're gonna make sure that they attend to those needs. We just really believe in the value of providing non-medical services to people in their homes. It gives people the independence and the confidence to live the way that they choose to live their life. If you or a loved one needs help, call Caring for People Services today at 402-334-6900 or visit us at caringforpeopleservices.com. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com and the News Talk 1290 mobile app. 
Once again, here's Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. 402-342-1290 or 800-577-1290 is the number if you want to get in touch with us to talk about what you want to talk about with regards to health care. But what we're going to talk about right now is the Republican retreat that happened a couple of weeks ago and uh, some of the uh, takeaways from, from the Republican retreat. Let me pull up my notes here. Uh, they began, uh, they, they've begun their congressional uh, hearings this week, Alan. And, and in, those, uh, in that retreat, they discussed uh, kind of the, the timetable that they will be going about things. And so it was essentially uh, presented by uh, two members of the Senate and three members of the House kind of chaired this little panel. Right. And then um, members got to ask their questions. So Senator Barrasso, who's been on the show, he is the uh, head of the uh, Republican Policy Committee, uh, physician, uh, ardent op- uh, opponent of the Affordable Care Act. He-, he gave kind of his brief on how we got here. And then they really kind of launched into what some of the plans are for each each committee. And here's something that really caught my attention, and that was from Senator Lamar Alexander uh, when he said, quote, we need to be offering a long-term solution and assure the public that before anything becomes effective, no bridge will be demolished until a new bridge is open. And we'll stu- soon start seeing something along the lines of repeal, rebuild, and replace – and it's kind of funny because a story surfaced on Friday that said now, uh, according to that, the, the new party line is uh, Republicans are, are not going to probably not going to repeal the ACA. They're going to try and, and replace it. And I think that might make some people mad, but there's really uh, not a lot of options right now. Right. And that's what we've talked about on the show that, you know, if you just go in and you repeal it, the dis- the amount of disruption that would create and the amount of chaos it would create would be devastating to that sector of the economy. But at the same time, you would see massive price increases probably overall. And I found, uh, you know, Chris Jacobs, he's a health policy analyst on the Hill who used to work for Republicans in Congress. You know, I found it very interesting what he made. He made a comment because he was part of the panel and he said, uh, conservatives should not remain fixated on the number of people with health insurance when designing an alternative. We will never win a battle with the liberals if you measure success in the terms of the number of people that have health insurance cards. We don't want to spend as much as liberals, and we don't believe in coercing people to buy insurance. I found that very interesting because— Who said that again? That was Chris Jacobs. He used to uh, be—he's a health policy analyst now. He's off the Hill, Mm -hmm. but he used to be on the Hill. And he also said that Republicans to Trump were at risk of overpromising, just like Obama did, which— Let's be frank, he did, and that put Republicans in control of the House and Senate, and they've kept control since. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. Greg Walden, he's the chair of the Energy and Commerce Committee. He suggested the concept of Reconciliation Plus, which is uh, they try and scale back as much as the pain as they could through reconciliation and then rebuild and stabilize the marketplace before coming up with a replacement. Now, another option he suggested was um, using the 262 authorities delegated to HHS just for uh, the ACA to uh, fix some of these things. And it is kind of funny. I can guarantee that when the Democrats passed the ACA and uh, the reason that they did were able to get it passed was because of all these delegations to the executive branch to basically write the law, I can guarantee they never thought that that they would be handing the keys to Tom Price. <laughs> well, and we've that. talked about, about that, that on this show. That they're backfiring. Are, like, well, yeah, now because, he has all this authority. Well, as we've talked about, there are over seventeen hundred different times that it gives the authority to the Secretary of Health and Human Services in the law. Those are areas where he can change the law in specifics. If you go back to the original law, he has the ability to change it. Just by a simple pin stroke. Okay, not with Congress, not with the Senate, not with the House, but by himself. Okay, now mind you, he probably should do it the other way around, the other way, but the law allows him to do that. And I could see that there might be, in some instances, areas where you might want to go down that path. And then also the future of macro uh, in play now. Right. And. The, the Cures Act, 
uh, uh, which was passed with bipartisan support. All these things are now in play for uh, Tom Price, who did get confirmed by the committees this week, uh, despite um, the, the Democrats just uh, boycotted the the votes. <laughs> but uh, they and they just let it play for one day, and then they they boycotted again. So they just went ahead and well, they voted suspend, to confirm. To yeah, confirm they, him. they suspended the rules and confirmed him. So, so he'll be. Uh, I guess getting a vote here in the Senate pretty shortly, I would imagine if it has it hasn't happened. No, right, it'll probably think. be I would imagine Tuesday at the Tuesday Wednesday at the latest. Mm-hmm. And then he so he's he's going to be uh moving on down. I don't know if he'll be in where he'll be if he'll still stay in DC or if he'll go to well Baltimore has a lot of those um I guess a, like centers for Medicare and Medicaid services is in uh uh, in Baltimore, so. uh, Sean, it's, it's yeah. kind of hard to feel bad for a bunch of for a bunch of status that that centralize all this power into the into these into these bureaucracies, but then they didn't have the uh, the forethought to think that maybe someday the other party might actually have control of it. It's kind of <laughs> hard to feel bad for those people, you know. Now they're all protesting, crying. Everybody's boycotting. It's like, uh, sorry, you you made the you made the environment, you created the atmosphere in which in which this is all playing out. So yeah. I I for one. I feel bad for being an obstructionist kind of way of thinking, but sorry, where were you? Where were you when we were all screaming, "Hey, maybe we should do this"? Maybe like, we shouldn't do these executive orders. <laughs> yeah, maybe we shouldn't do this. And they're like, "Oh, go over there and shut up, you!" And and now all of a sudden, it's kind of hard to feel bad for him. Well, the shoe's on the other foot, and you know, sorry, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> I'm for just less government all the way around. I don't yeah. care what the party is. So I don't either. I, 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 yeah. I, I I'll uh I'll call them both out if I have to re- with regards to that because but let's face the facts. Republican Party in control is responsible for big government too. And um, absolutely. The administration had an official there. His name is Andrew Drewberg. He I think he's kind of going to be one of the point persons. And he uh, he kind of uh, he said that uh, the administration's here to partner with you. They've been taking a look at the ACA for a while. Uh, the first article it contains uh, what he said quote uh, to the maximum extent permitted by the law. And so he said there is a lot of flexibility now to Treasury, HHS, and labor to exercise uh, some of these authorities to actually help people. And I think the judge, Andrew Napolitano, brought up an interesting point in that that first executive order is almost a revolutionary act in that um, that it's really scaling back a lot of the power uh, of the executive branch, potentially. Yeah, potentially. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I Andrew Napolitano is one of my heroes. Uh, That'd be he, cool if he got – what if he got nominated to the Supreme Court? Oh, <laughs> take a sledgehammer awesome. to it, man. I mean, he is he is rock star when it comes to the law and what the Constitution means. You talk about an originalist and, and someone who understands it, it is Judge Napolitano, and he is somebody that if you haven't heard of him, you haven't read him, by all means, go out, seek out Judge Andrew Napolitano stuff because the guy knows what he's talking about. So then uh, they go into uh, one of the biggest... Um problems i think that is going to come up in this debate is what's the future of medicaid the medicaid expansion because here's why some states expanded it and if they expanded it do they get to keep uh, the funds that they got for the expansion maybe um what about those states that didn't expand do they how, how does it work with them maybe they didn't want to expand what's the future with them but they really need to get the cost down and that's what um they spent a lot of time visiting about and the concept that i i that caught my attention is what what uh kevin brady said which was we're going to give people quote unquote this uh health backpack and you can kind of just have these different tools and alan you'll like this they they want to give everybody their own their electronic medical records and be able to carry that portable uh wherever they go which i think is is an important an important step right well and yeah i you know the kaiser family foundation had a a, a really good article out uh, a couple days ago it was five key questions about medicare block grants and per capita caps and uh 
I would invite everybody to go out and look at this because it really goes in depth about what the current Medicaid program is, what the block grant program could look like, and what the per capita cap, which is what they're also talking about, is going to look like. Um, you haven't maybe probably heard about per capita cap. What that is, is it may be guaranteed to certain groups. It's capped. The federal funding is capped per enrollee, not per state. It's not based on health care costs and needs, and it's fixed with preset growth per enrollee. State matching payments are unclear at this time, and it's federal spending's not tied to state spending beyond the enrollee cap. So there's more things to come on that. Yeah. Finally, um, Rep. McClintock saying we cannot repeal Obamacare through reconciliation, afraid it could make things worse. And uh, technically, we cannot do this. Uh, we're going to have to repair it through reconciliation and then put together a plan with uh, 30 votes. And then finally, anything I think that does get changed uh, is not going to happen for, for probably three years. Senator Grassley saying, just like the ACA, there's a three-year phase in, probably going to be, be the same thing. You can't really say to these insurance companies tomorrow, it's, it's, this was no, no longer this no longer applies. This is right. what's going on. So stay tuned, folks. Should be good for us because we'll have plenty to cover exactly. here over the next three years. Hey, Brian, stay right there. We'll get to you after the break. And uh, we'll take a time out here on America's Healthcare Challenge. 402-342-1290 is the phone number. Online at Facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge. Also do that hashtag on Twitter, and you can find us there as well. We'll be right back. Looking for the most exclusive club downtown? The perfect place for your next dining experience, event, or work outing is the Omaha Press Club. With an amazing view of Omaha and featuring a certified executive chef and event coordinator, what are you waiting for? Click omahapressclub.com to learn more. You worked hard, scraped and saved for years, and thought you had everything figured out for retirement. Now you're looking at higher premiums, health care costs, and uncertainty with your doctor. Let E.D. Bellis help you solve this problem and find the right program for you. Go to edbellisinc.com and request a free consultation. At E.D. Bellis, we know health care. Hiring employees, complying with regulatory changes, and so on, makes it hard to focus on running your business. Let Simplify HR Solutions help. We're an outsourced human resource management organization with more than a century of combined experience experience helping people just like you. Click SimplifyHRSolutions.com to learn more. Are you feeling overwhelmed, depressed, or angry? Is your child or teenager acting out? Healing Tree Counseling wants to help. Located at 10th and Dodge, Healing Tree offers individual, family, and couples therapy. Bill and Laura are exceptional at working with children and adolescents. Ask around. They have a great reputation. Healing Tree accepts most insurance companies. They offer flexible payment plans and are confidential. Their personalized service and unique office sets them apart from larger agencies. Visit HealingTreeOmaha.com for more information. Are you about to turn 65 or currently on Medicare? The healthcare system can be a complex and frustrating maze, but it doesn't have to be. Holly and HKG Medicare Solutions are here to help. Need help planning for healthcare expenses in retirement or choosing the right plan? Her advice is absolutely free and specific to you. HKG Medicare Solutions is contracted and authorized to consult on Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement plans. To schedule a consultation, give Holly a call. 402-502-5286. 402-502-5286. Research shows moving is one of the most stressful events in a person's life. But thanks to two men in a truck, it doesn't have to be. They have everything you need to move. A courteous professional staff who will customize your move, which includes a no-obligation estimate, a schedule to fit your convenience, and all the necessary packing supplies. And two men in a truck will help you watch your budget, too. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business move. Go to twomeninatruck.com. Two men in a truck selected Best of Omaha for nine years straight with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Are we going to New Hampshire? We're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. 
Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Hey, how you doing? Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Talking about all the news in healthcare, lots of lots of things happening. Could affect you, your family, your business, especially your pocketbook with uh, rising healthcare costs. And so last segment, we took a look at some of the things that we could learn from the, the tapes at the uh, Republican congressional retreat. All those things starting to happen. They started uh, this week with uh, with hearings in the Energy and Commerce Committee, and we're going to bring in our contributor for the week, Grant Culp. Grant is a good friend of mine, uh, also worked on Capitol Hill. Hey, Grant, how you doing? Good, yourself? Not too bad. You uh, you, you doing okay out there in Chicago? I'm doing, I'm doing great in Chicago. That's good. That's good. So we were uh, talking last segment, Grant, about – what happened in the uh, in the in these retreats? I don't know if you you heard it, um, but I think Republicans are going to have a lot of things to kind of overcome as far as uh, dismantling this law. So let's take a moment. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your background, and then we can talk about some of the options that Republicans have. Yeah, you know, like you know, I mean, I think you know my background well. I mean, I worked on Capitol Hill uh, with you for a number of years. I remember from uh, Illinois, you were over on the Senate side; I was on the House side, so. You know, between that, we got a pretty good understanding of what went on. Yep, lots of uh, conversations over healthcare at places like the Union Pub or uh, what was the other one, uh, Cap uh, Cap Lounge, and, and other and other things. Everybody's discussing this, and I can guarantee the people that are sitting there right now are talking about this as well. Do you think the Republicans have overpromised politically about uh, repealing this? Do you think this could damage them? I mean, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think they're going to stick to stick to their guns. I mean, the great thing that I think the Republicans are going to do is actually, you know, when they start to repair, replace, you know, improve the, improve the legislation, like you said in your last segment, it's not going to happen overnight. There's going to be at least two or three year uh, phase in. You can't do that to the insurance companies. I mean, Obamacare already ruined a lot of insurance companies and it was a nightmare for them. So we can't just go around and, you know, they spent all that time adjusting to it. And now you can't make them go back to, you know, a different system. And, and Republicans realize that and they're not going to do that. And they know that that would be dangerous. Mm-hmm. But the great thing Republicans are going to do is it's going to be a full transparent process, not what the Democrats did. It's not going to be let's pass this thing so we can find out what's in it. That's not going to happen. And I think people need to realize that. So they shouldn't be worried about what the Republicans are going to do. So it will actually be on C-SPAN. Yeah, it will actually. You you, you can actually read the bill the day before. I mean, they want the president wanted the Republican support the day before they proposed the uh, the bill for a vote, H.R. 3200. Right, right. We all remember yeah, that yeah. piece of legislation well, don't we? Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember printing it out several times. A lot of, a lot of forests were uh, were cut down to uh, to provide uh, for that. Uh, yeah, for definitely that. killed some trees to, oh, yeah. to print that that off. And didn't your old boss take take that to a meeting one time and just put it up on the desk? I uh, I believe yeah, uh, several. I mean, a, a lot of members did that. I mean. Um, and, and I think, and I think some members printed, instead of printing it out, um, double-sided, printed out one side per page to, uh, for dramatic <laughs> For dramatic purposes. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, that, that's how we go. But, um, you, so you're, you, are you pretty confident that Republicans will be able to act legislatively to, to change this? Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're definitely going to make an attempt. I mean, you have to understand this has been a, a promise Republicans have made in a, you know, a campaign, uh, uh, theme for Republicans for you know many years, and especially uh, within the pe- last presidential election. I mean, you, I mean, you have to look at you know several of the midterms in the presidential election really is a reform or a referendum on Obamacare, and especially if you look at 2017. That this is this is going to be probably the worst year for uh, Obamacare. So I mean, they're, they're really going to feel the pressure to try and uh, do something to alleviate some of the pain and the concerns that you know many small businesses have, and obviously many individuals. We're going to. Um... I, I would agree with that. We've already seen some um, insurance companies, Anthem, this week, uh, saying that they're uncertain. Aetna also saying that they're uncertain about the future. Uh, their CEO saying that, rather, uh, about the future uh, of whether or not they're going to play. Interesting, huh? Yeah, and I mean, you look at what a, a couple, you know, a month or two ago, the uh, Democrat governor of uh, Minnesota, you know, his comments. I mean, he's one of the most liberal governors in the country, and he's basically saying, oh, Obamacare is not a good bill. <laughs> Mark Dayton, right? <laughs> yep. Senator Dayton. He was he was in the Senate when I was actually out there. 
Hey, Alan. Uh, Alan wants to say hi. Hey, Grant. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Glad that you're uh, able to join us again. Hey, glad glad to be talking to you, Alan. Glad you're back from your cruise. Oh, thanks. That was <laughs> that was just amazing. But uh, what did you? What was your take on what Rand Paul proposed? Because uh, a lot of people are saying, at least in my circles, saying that this should be probably the plan that everybody centers around and pushes forward. So give us a little bit of what your insight is on that. Yeah. And you know, I'm glad you keep putting out something and I think that's going to be a great part of what he's doing. I mean, you actually, you know, one of the hard things, you know, whether you're working on a paper and, you know, for class or, you know, for work, the hard thing is, you know, actually to get down and start writing. And I, and I'm glad that Rand Paul has actually decided to take, you know, that initiative and give something. And I think, the fact that, you know, it's coming from the Senate really kind of gives some credence here. He does have some work. Uh, he does. He's reached across the aisle before, so I think that's good. I mean, he does have some points with some folks on the other side of the aisle. Um, I, I mean, I'm not sure how many, you know, Democrat votes, you know, would, would come for um, a repeal or replace bill. But as Sean and I know very well, on the House side, the only bipartisan the no vote. Yeah, right. And then uh, Cassidy and... Collins, uh, you know, two somewhat moderate type senators, one from Louisiana, one from Maine, also proposed legislation. What's your, what, if you had to choose, which one would you choose to be the vehicle to push through? Because, you know, I hear a lot from both sides on that. You know, I, 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 um, not an expert on either one, you know, since they're fairly new, but, um, if I had to, um, if I had to be advised on which one to pick, I'd go with whichever one Paul Ryan said to pick. Okay, that would be a great. Well, I mean, he would he would know. He's actually from a leadership standpoint, he's actually one of the members as as far as in, in the leadership role that's the most well versed on actual policy. Uh, I which... think. I mean, I mean, he would make it amazing. Even if he was just on Capitol Hill as a staffer, he would be regarded as probably one of the best healthcare policy staffers on Capitol Hill. Right, and. The, per- the great thing is we have the Speaker of the House. Right, right. Hey, we got uh, a caller here with a with a question or comment. Uh, Grant, uh, uh, stay here. Uh, Robert, welcome to America's Healthcare Challenge. Hope all is going well. What's going on today? Heather, um, hey, I just wanted to, to throw in, you know, just a, a thought. Uh, a couple of years ago, I switched, you know, to a high deductible, fairly high deductible, HSA plan. I had to mm-hmm. pay the first $3,300 out. And you know, that forced me to shop for prescription drugs when I needed them, use mm-hmm. the GoodRx app. And, you know, some places, you know, there was a medication, I remember, 110 bucks, another 260 340 Um, But that, you know, that one of the hallmarks of competition, you know, isn't there um, because, you know, you just you buy your medicines with our current plan and there's no price shopping around. There's no incentive for you to do so. Um, so that's that's one thing that I think needs to be fixed and could be fixed you know, some, some sort of incentive for shopping around, um, saving your insurance plan, thousands of dollars. Uh, the other thing is the weird coalition of Republicans and Democrats that, um, you know, killed uh, Sanders amendment to allow the, uh, reimportation of drugs from Canada. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird, like, you know, you know, uh, San, uh, was it in Corey, whatever his name is. Corey Booker. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, well, you know, we just need to make sure it's safe. The Canadians are laughing at us. You know, the, the certified, you know, pharmacies and, and companies that are providing their medicines. I mean, Canada is not a third world country. No. Um, and I think the president is right about this. You know, if, if they can be, be produced cheaper in certain places and we could certify, certify they're safe. Um, you know, I had, to, I had a, a bad infection, had to get some called Zyfaxin. I couldn't get it for cheaper than like $1,200 here. In Canada, it's already generic. I paid $110. But couldn't use my HSA dollars in Canada and save my insurance plan a thousand dollars. So I mean that that's what I wanted to throw out there. This this the fact that we we don't you know have any way of, of you know ensuring that we actually um, are competitive when it comes to drug pricing. Great comment, Robert. Uh, couldn't agree more. And I I might add that um, one of the things in the Affordable Care Act that um, people don't realize is that before they even started. Essentially, the key industry people, which would be people from the pharmaceutical industry, people from the insurance industry, people from the hospital association, and others, all met and huddled at at, at the White House to kind of essentially say, you're going to be getting all these new people with insurance. What are you going to give to us? And the pharmaceutical industry uh, chose to, okay, we'll take a surtax, which is one of the taxes in the law, but 
there's no they banned the reimportation of drugs from Canada as part of the deal. And that actually oh. has uh, bipartisan support. Senator Grassley from Iowa, who I worked for, was uh, really in, in favor of this uh, reimportation of drugs from Canada. And uh, finally, I might add that uh, I'd go look at Cory Booker's uh, financial statements because I can guarantee uh, his campaigns were probably funded by the pharmaceutical industry. So that's probably where his comments are coming from. Yeah, they, they were. I, I just think it's funny that, like I said, there's no price shopping around. I mean, it's just it's. I mean, it's just insane. Right, right. Well, then I would also, let me jump in. This is Alan. I would say it's also that the fact when the federal government set the price amount from the perspective of how much profit they could make, that also, you also saw an increase in the cost of all pharmaceuticals all across the board because now pharmaceutical companies uh, could only charge or only make 15%. Mm-hmm. off of everything and so if you're going to look at it from the perspective of the pharmaceutical company okay so you're telling them they can only make 15 percent okay fine 15 percent off of a hundred dollars or 15 percent off of ten thousand dollars and so at the end of the day the the driving cost again is on free market it's all about uh government intervention and get the government out of it right right yep that's uh that's a uh, good good observation. Grant, uh, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. So. Yeah, do you have anything to add on that comment? No, and you know, I, I agree 100% with what Alan said about, you know, the percentages. It could be 15% of, on 100, 15% on 1000. I mean, it's 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 right there with it's free market points. I mean, that's kind of the same we're I'm glad we're on the same exact wavelength. Sure, sure. Well, stay there, Grant. We got to take a timeout. And then we're going to come back and we're going to look at uh, a little bit more about uh, some of these executive orders and their impact on health care. Sound good? Perfect. All right, great. Uh, that's Grant Culp. He'll be with us here uh, in, in a second uh, to share a little bit more of his thoughts. 402-342-1290 if you want to share yours. Or you can do it during the week. Uh, if you have an iPhone, um, you can get our set, our segments on iTunes now. And um, it'll just automatically update it. You can also check us out on SoundCloud and Facebook as well. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge. We'll be right back. Movement toward a police state. I mean, we don't have two parties in this country, Alex, even though most people think we do. Your listeners know that we have one party, the big government party. There's a Republican wing that likes war and deficits and assaults our civil liberties. There's a Democratic wing that likes welfare and taxes and assaults our commercial liberties. But they basically will feed each other because they're not interested in freedom. They don't believe in fidelity to the Constitution. They're just interested in power. I mean, on my radio show last month i asked the number three ranking democrat in the house of representatives congressman jim Clyburn, congressman where in the constitution is the government authorized to regulate health care Hiring employees, complying with regulatory changes, and so on makes it hard to focus on running your business. Let Simplify HR Solutions help. We're an outsourced human resource management organization with more than a century of combined experience helping people just like you. Click SimplifyHRSolutions.com to learn more. You worked hard, scraped and saved for years, and thought you had everything figured out for retirement. Now you're looking at higher premiums, health care costs, and uncertainty with your doctor. Let E.D. Bellis help you solve this problem and find the right program for you. Go to E.D. Bellis I inc.com and request a free consultation at ed bellis we know healthcare. research shows moving is one of the most stressful events in a person's life but thanks to two men in a truck it doesn't have to be they have everything you need to move a courteous professional staff who will customize your move which includes a no obligation estimate a schedule to fit your convenience and all the necessary packing supplies and two men in a truck will help you watch your budget too don't stress let two men in a truck handle your home or business move go to two men in a truck.com two men in a truck selected Best of Omaha for nine years straight with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Marketplace Nebraska is a full-service resource for anyone who needs help with their individual and business health insurance needs. If you got a tax bill from the IRS for not purchasing health insurance, let us help you. With more than 1,000 people helped into Obamacare so far, we can get you signed up fast and over the phone. Depending on your age and income, policies can be as low as $20 a month. Click MarketplaceNebraska.com to learn more and sign up today. 
Are you about to turn 65 or currently on Medicare? The healthcare system can be a complex and frustrating maze, but it doesn't have to be. Holly and HKG Medicare Solutions are here to help. Need help planning for healthcare expenses in retirement or choosing the right plan? Her advice is absolutely free and specific to you. HKG Medicare Solutions is contracted and authorized to consult on Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement plans. To schedule a consultation, give Holly a call. 402-502-5286. 402-502-5286. Caring for People Services is a company who's compassionate about helping others. Um, we really want to make sure that everybody has a fulfilling life, no matter what stage of their life they're in. We have a really dedicated staff of caregivers. They go into people's homes and they provide all kinds of services, as basic as companionship, somebody who just needs a little bit of extra love and care. So they go into the homes and just depending on what that client needs, they're gonna make sure that they attend to those needs. We just really believe in the value of providing non-medical services to people in their homes. It gives people the independence and the confidence to live the way that they choose to live their life. If you or a loved one needs help, call Caring for People Services today at 402-334-6900 or visit us at caringforpeopleservices.com. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. With Alan Hager, Sean McGuire here on America's Healthcare Challenge talking about, man, a lot of things this week. I can't believe how fast this hour has gone. We got about five minutes left on the show. Uh, got Grant Culp. Uh, as our contributor this week, Grant, uh, all-around good American, uh, Marquette grad. I bet you liked uh, last week or two weeks ago, Grant, didn't you? Yeah, that was great. Um, you know, I mean, I didn't like last Saturday when we lost to Providence, but yeah, that was uh, weak. That was, you know, that was Providence's first victory um, in Milwaukee ever in program history. Well, why did it have to come after two of the biggest wins? Of all time, I guess that's typical Marquette for you. But uh, there is a lot of Marquette presence out in D.C. And um, what do you think about Grant? About um, you know th this travel ban? Do you, do you do you think it's getting blown up more than it is? Um, I think it's problematic for healthcare because of the amount of uh, 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 weight or need our system has for foreign medical graduates, and it looks like. This could have a major effect on rural Americans if, if we're not able to get uh, healthcare clinicians uh, staffed out there. A any comments on that, Grant? And I think that's a good point, you know, actually, and that's actually starting to get covered more now in, uh, in the news, especially that aspect, and especially for rural uh, um, rural clinics where, you know, there is a, you know, obviously there's a major need and you can't travel 400 miles to your hospital. You need to have one, you know, 20, 30 miles away. So, yeah, that's, that's um, uh, that, and that's actually getting, uh, a lot more traction in the news now. So, yeah. and, and I think there's still a lot of unknowns with the uh, the quote unquote ban or whatever uh, whatever you call it. Well, and I would just this is Alan again, and I would just give you a, a, a couple numbers, and, and, and they actually uh, put it into a map. Uh, the Migration Policy Institute of 2015. We're talking about uh, physicians and surgeons that come to the U.S. and there's 14,000 just from Iran and Syria alone in 2015 that were born in Syria or Iran that would, under the policy that we have, technically could be banned. You take those 14,000 doctors out of the, the uh, system, we have a major shortage and a major issue. Yeah, definitely. Let's see here. Uh, nearly 30% of doctors and surgeons in the United States are immigrants. Uh, so there you go. Right. right there. We'll share these charts from Vox, uh, let's see, 656,000 Yep. Um, doctors and surgeons out there. Uh, of those 656, 254,000 are, are immigrants. So really important conversation and dialogue that, that we need to have, and I hope that they can uh, in, in a somewhat civil manner and, and work things out. Because I, I don't think people realize that when you – I think people are starting to realize – that sometimes the government isn't always the greatest thing. You might, um, for example, like take the TSA. Remember, 
uh, some of those things. I mean, they just give them authority, but then they're detaining people and, and doing things like that. And I just don't know that that's, that's necessary, you know, but that's, that's what, uh, I've got to say about that. Hopefully they can uh, work those things out. Grant, um, take a, take a moment to uh, give us a couple of your predictions and then we'll do the same. But, you know, when do you think we'll have some real action on health care moving through the House? Probably, I would say, you know, realistically, you know, probably by summer recess. You know, I mean, things are already so probably so that, you know, summer recess is usually what? The start of, you know, after, you know, mid-July, you know, mid to end of end July. So I think you'll start to see some things uh, form there or they'll just, you know, continue to do stuff, stuff through the committee process and punt it for when they get back to uh, September. And then when you punch something to September, that means hopefully we get it done by December. And if not, then it's the next year, right? Then, and then it's, we'll take it up in the next time. So, I mean, I would realistically, pro- you, we won't see anything until the end of July, probably. Yeah, that's what we uh, tweeted out last week uh, in, in our prediction. I would say that's right. You remember the, uh, they called them the town hell meetings in 2009? Do you remember those? 2010, the, 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 yes, that was yes. Uh, I very, very much remember watching them uh uh, that was, you know, when you two in politics really started mixing well, or for to some people's view. Sure. Well, do you think that could happen now to the Republicans? Do you think they're going to get uh, beat down at some of these town hall meetings? Yeah, I, and I think they, I think they will. But I think a lot of the people coming to the Republican town halls, if they do them, it's going to be the paid protester um, industry mainly probably going there. So it's going to be your um, mainly your labor unions, you know, SEIU and you know some of the other unions as well. Um, but I, I, but I mean, a lot of members have really stopped doing town halls, um, largely because of what happened in 2009, 2010. So I, uh, uh, some members will probably still do them. Others won't. But I mean, it'll be interesting to see what members do during the, uh, um, the summer recess. Well, and I would also agree with you, Grant, on that. I mean, we saw, you know, several members of Congress who had to keep people out because they had a 3000 seat auditorium and there was like 6,000 people trying to get into a town hall. You know, Ben Sass, for example, here in Nebraska had a town hall, people out the door, and they didn't, he wouldn't answer all the questions, and he took, would take stuff out into the hall. Uh, and he even then didn't answer those questions and incited the crowd a little bit more in that regard. So I would totally agree that town halls might be going the way of the dodo, so to speak. Yep. So that's all we have for this week. Hey, Grant, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Alan? Thanks again, as always, for your uh, great insights thank and you. stories. And thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more about what we do at Edie Bellis, just go ahead and check out EdieBellisINC.com or uh, America's Healthcare Challenge. Again, our Facebook page is going to have this segment and uh, all the news during the week. Pretty easy to get informed. All you got to do is click like. Until next week, I'm Sean McGuire signing off.